On this episode, we'll be discussing the Denwin Mission Test with special guest Jackson Call, formerly at DAT Bootcamp, and David Sanchez, who is currently with DAT Booster. You are listening to The Smart Dental Student, your source for information regarding dental school and your professional journey with your hosts, Matt Manley and Landon Guy. On today's episode, we've got David and we have Jackson. Hey, everyone. Uh, David, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so David Sanchez. I'm a D2 here at the Adams School of Dentistry at UNC Chapel Hill. Uh, I went to Davidson College for undergrad uh, and did a general biology degree there. Uh, Spent three years in between undergrad and dental school. Spent one year teaching high school biology, and then I spent two years doing neuroscience research at the National Institute on Drug Abuse. Um, And now I'm here on a podcast talking to you all about the DAT. That is awesome. Yeah, my name's Jackson Call. Uh, I'm a second year dental student here at UNC. Uh, I went to Brigham Young University in Provo, Utah for undergrad. Uh, Before that, I did a two-year mission for our church. I went to Guatemala for two years, so that was cool. Um, And then while in undergrad, you know, I majored in biology. I did a little bit of research, and now I'm here on the podcast. So, Well, thank you guys for joining us today. One of the things I think a lot of folks, uh, I know for myself, like I didn't really, when I was preparing for the DAT, I, I kind of came at it from this perspective of, oh, you know, I'm a, I'm a Marine veteran. I've done boot camp. I've been to a combat zone. Like I've done all this stuff. This test is going to be easy. And I greatly underestimated <laughs> what that was going to be like. Um, what were some of the strategies that you guys had or kind of, um, specifically like for you, Jackson, coming out of state, you know, mm-hmm. kind of knowing that if you wanted to apply to an out of state school, um, you, you had to perform pretty well right. on that. Um, so if you guys could talk a little bit about kind of your strategies, like when did you start? How long did you give yourself? First off, I think a, a key thing that, especially if you know that you want to go into dentistry from the get go of college, I think it's really important to try to take the DAT as early as you can. And I think especially after you've taken OCHEM is probably a really good time to take it. Um, a lot of people will in the traditional route, they'll take it when they're applying to dental school. Right. And they don't really know what their DAT score is. And, um, so I just decided to take it a year before that, Mm. um, started really studying, for it in like June slash July. Um, and then took it early September. Um, I used DAT bootcamp, which we can talk about later. Uh, and I used the math destroyer and then the biology destroyer just to get exposed to a lot of different content. Mm -hmm. And over time, the questions start to seem really similar and you, you kind of get the pattern of, okay, this is what they're looking Mm -hmm. for. But that broad exposure is really important in my Mm -hmm. point of view. Yeah. So I took three months to study. Um, and what I used to study was I used DAT bootcamp. Uh, I used the DAT destroyer and the math destroyer. And then I also used some supplementary practice problems that I found online. I think what I used at the time was QVolt for more PAT practice. And then I used all the free, uh, practice tests that I could. Um, in general, the way I structured my studies was the first month was complete content review. So I went through all of the video, um, 
yeah, the video lectures that DAT Bootcamp has, and I made flashcards for those, and I did those flashcards throughout. The second and third month was completely dedicated to full-length practice tests, practice problems, and then reviewing whatever content I needed to from the results of those practice tests. Um, I will say, um, even though I did use DAT Bootcamp, um, I would personally recommend DAT Booster, which is a new product on the market for DAT studying now. And full disclosure, I am a uh, contributing member to that site. But from what I've seen, um, is as all the features DAT Bootcamp has, plus a little extra at a competitive price. What uh, what are some of the extras mm-hmm. that so you they see had, there? From what I've seen from when I took the DAT, they have more um, analytics. So more ways to analyze how you're performing on practice tests, practice questions to identify specific sections that you're missing, mm-hmm. to identify like how long it's taking you to take the test. And then they kind of filter it and uh, in some great graphs visually. They also have some supplementary um, articles. Uh, that's what I contribute to. I contribute to some of the articles to help you for studying, applying to the DAT. Um, yeah. The main thing I like is their uh, data analytics that they give you. So we have talked about, and anyone who's in dental school now or is going through the process and has looked into the DAT knows that it's a beast, right? Mm-hmm. So... I know, at least from my experience, I was someone who didn't even know what to expect going in. I didn't even know what resources to use. So there's a lot of information out there. How did you guys break it down and say, these are the resources I'm going to use? Because there's a lot out there. Yeah. How did you sift through it and pick what you pick? Yeah, there's there's a lot. You know, if you want to be successful on the DAT, you need to look and see what people who were successful in the DAT did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so before even starting, I spent a lot of time on the Facebook. Yeah, I don't know what the page is called. It's like the dental admissions page on Facebook. You can easily find that. But you'll see a lot of people that scored 25, 26. Or, and, and a lot of times people will post their breakdowns. And I would suggest just going and reading a bunch of those and you're going to start to see a lot of patterns. I feel like, you know, you'll see, okay, this is about how much time they took. This is kind of how they study for each section and really using those strategies can help you also get, you know, a really high score. You you, you might not get 25 or 26, but I think that that's a great place to start at least. Yeah, I would say. When you, when you know, okay, I'm going to take the DAT and you have about a range on where you want to take it before you schedule your DAT first, but also before you choose any resources, I would take a, a solid week of re of researching both on Facebook, Google, but especially YouTube. I would go on YouTube, type in what is the DAT, how to do well on the T- DAT, how did I get a 30 academic average on the DAT? Watch as many videos as you can, yeah. conglomerate all the resources that you find on these videos and on blog posts on like SDN and then go to the sites and then test out the free content. Uh, all the sites have some sort yeah. of free trial, some sort of like, you know, on the biology section, you can take one test and you can see one video and do like 10 practice questions. Do all of those and for all of them and see which one you feel comfortable with. Mm. And then at some point, choose one. You know, mm. all of them have their own pros and cons and all resources kind of, you know, tout themselves as being the best. But and you can get lost in the cycle of like 
oh man, is the resource that I have the best? Oh man, mm. if I don't do this, am I gonna like get a twelve? <laughs> but yeah, That'd be unfortunate. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. but they'll, they'll advertise for you that, that like if you don't use my resource, like you're gonna fail. Yeah, it's more or less like the messaging that they're they're giving you. At some point, you have to cut, just cut it off, and be like, these are the resources that I'm using. These are the ones I'm paying for, and just commit to it. And after that week, or maybe two weeks, you know, just don't look back at resources. Yeah, but, and I'll say that the before you take the DAT, you need DAT. You need to realize that it's expensive. You know, yeah, the yes, test for sure. <laughs> we find that out the hard way. The test itself i don't know it's like 500 bucks or something and yep. then um all these different resources they're you not travel cheap, to a testing you know? center yeah you mm-hmm. gotta go to the pro metric site and all this stuff so uh, on the flip side you have to realize that people are trying to sell you stuff you know mm-hmm. and and so just like david was saying try it before you buy it um but also i would say if you're going to be spending money it's better to get a high test score the first time than have to do the process mm-hmm. again again you know yeah that doesn't yes. mean go out there and buy all the different things out there, but, um, you should really make a big time and money investment. Otherwise you're gonna have to, you might have to take it again. Yeah. Or, you know, here's, here's what you need. You need to set a video lectures or, um, like a PDF lecture, written out lectures. You need to have all of the science and all information in a digestible format that you can go through systematically. Mm You need practice problems. You need practice problems that you can do independent of full length tests where you have the ability to kind of drill down on those topics, to drill down on the topics as well as some fungibility with the timing. When you mm-hmm. first start, you're not going to be able to do these questions at speed. So you need to have the flexibility to do them at your own pace and kind of when you want, and then also have the option to time them when you need to. And then you also need full length tests. You need mm-hmm. full length tests to practice the muscle memory of taking the test and being tested under time conditions because it's very different spending an hour doing 30 questions versus the 30 minutes it might give you. So with video lectures or written notes of all the content, practice problems, full length tests, those are the three kind of pillars that you need to build your studies off of. And you can use whatever resources you find, but as long as you have those three things, you're pretty good. So to build kind of on top of that, um, you talked about the different sections and, and, and stuff. Could one of you kind of define out like what is the content of the DAT? Um, because we may have some listeners who are early on in in their college coursework. Don't really and, appreciate what this is. Yeah, yes. they don't. And because like I know when I took it, I got on there and I didn't know the order of the test or any of that. So um, do, do you mind like breaking down um, what different sections are, the number of questions potentially and the kind of the time limit you have on it? Yeah. Um, so just a preface, sometimes we think, oh, well, I want to go to dental school. Why am I having to do reading and math and all this stuff? But, uh, when you're in undergrad, you're going to find that you'll have classes that don't really pertain to what you want to do humanities mm-hmm. or arts or whatever. Um, and when you get to dental school, you also start to get some of those classes like general pathology or other things that, yes, they there are some key things that you'll need. But there's also a lot of other stuff that is just pure. Uh, there's so much of it. You know, there's mm-hmm. such a breadth of information that you have to understand. So I think that the DAT is meant to test your ability to expand to, your yeah, mind expand, and, yeah, and, and really understand a whole bunch of different things. So you have a biology section, you have a reading comprehension section, um, you have uh, general chemistry, organic chemistry, and then a perceptual ability test, mm-hmm. which is, you know, folding things and looking at 
pin keyholes and and stuff like that. Kind of conceptually looking at things in the three dimension. Yes. Yeah. Which you think, well, why am I having to flip this thing around in my brain? Well, when you're doing an indirect restoration, you (laughs) are holding your mirror and you're using it upside down and you're like, oh yeah, actually (laughs) that, um, that, that doesn't determine if you'll be a good dentist or not, but you should at least have a basic ability to have that skill. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think on the DAT, there's a science section, there's a perceptual aptitude test, which you were just talking about. There is a reading comprehension, uh, section and there is a, um, arithmetic session, a math section. The science section is divided into, uh, three parts, um, biology, organic chemistry, general chemistry. And then those three uh, sections are pretty much um, everything that your basic, uh, the, that your required classes for dental school covered. So mm-hmm. bio one and two, OCHEM one and two, gen chem one and two. Um, yeah. So pretty much everything in those courses is what's going to be tested on. Uh, the PAT section, the perceptual aptitude test is a spatial recognition test. And you do different things like ranking different angles from like most obtuse to most acute, um, folding up a piece of paper, hole punch it, unfold it. Where are the holes? Uh, what shape fits through what 3d shape fits through this hole? Um, folding up maybe like, like a, if you had a dice laid out in 2d folding it up and like which sides are at which, uh, connected to which ones, the reading comprehension, you can think of it kind of like an SAT section. Uh, you just read a passage, answer questions about it. Mm-hmm. And then also the math is kind of like an SAT, ACT kind of uh, thing. Basic, you know, algebra, statistics. No calculus. Uh, no calculus. Yeah. <laughs> Thank um, goodness. <laughs> debate on whether there's trigger or not, but basically with basic algebra, um, some statistics and that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. That's what's on it. In which section did you guys feel like you had the most difficulty with? Um, because like David mentioned, you know, there are a lot of sections that cover what you typically have to take for dental school as prereqs. Um, what did you find the most difficult uh, section and how did you go about, you know, allotting time for that versus other sections yeah, of the like, test? I know quantitative reasoning for me was like, <laughs> the worst like yeah. that was the hardest one for me the most challenging uh, for me uh, it was a two sections uh, the quantitative reasoning the math section is the one I did the worst on um, and then the PAT section was probably the one that gave me the most stress throughout studying mm. um, so for math I just wasn't as prepared as I thought I was um, I kind of took it for granted I didn't go back and like learn the concepts from scratch from like video lectures I just started with practice mm. problems and if I had to do it again I would um, take it a little more seriously um for the PAT section, it was more of a learning curve. It just it just took time to to get acclimated to the type of problems, and get my eye trained, and up to speed with speed, the time yeah. mm. with the time requirements. Um, and so for that, for the PAT, what I recommend is starting from day one. Um, a lot of the resources like DAT Booster, they have um, a PAT generators where they'll generate you problems um, as many as you want to do. And I started doing those from day one. Um, and I did it every single day for as long as uh, for until my test. And at, at some point, you're going to find the sections you do good at. You're going to find the sections you do bad at. And at some point, it just boils down to 
whenever it clicks. Like I had a lot of trouble with angle ranking. Like it just mm-hmm. c- consistently could not get above like <laughs> getting 10 correct. Mm-hmm. Like it get like seven to nine correct. Mm-hmm. And then just one day it just kind of clicked and I was able to get like 11 to 12 every once in a while. So, and that just came from shotgunning different approaches, trying to tackle it from different angles. I feel like um, I recently got triggered with the yeah. angles in ortho. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, oh, oh man. Yeah. That brings back <laughs> bad memories. <laughs> um, but yeah, for the PAT, start from day one, practice every day, um, try different strategies. Oh, and then also, um, I w- what I found really helped me was actually starting my test on the angle ranking section because the way it went, the fastest ones that took the least amount of time, like angle ranking, hole punching, and I think cube counting, those I could get through really quickly. I got those out of the way, and then I had extra time without... Mm not able at extra times. So I didn't have to stress about time for the ones that took Smart. a little longer, like the keyhole and top front end uh, that I did that. That changed the game for me like a month out of my test. And yeah. I feel like that's a really important note that you just mentioned there. David is that on the DAT, you can jump from, you know, in that particular section to different sections yep. uh, within that or subsections and do problems in that, that you may be better at. So in the natural science section, if you're better at OCHEM, you can start with Not organic chemistry stuff first. Yeah. So okay. I think that's important. Jackson, what about you? What, uh, what sections gave you the most trouble and how did you go about allotting time for that? Yeah, I think the quantitative reasoning, you know, that, and, and the PAT, both of those stressed me out <laughs> because, uh, if you're like me, the math, you hadn't seen a lot of that stuff since you know high school and um also it's a little bit different you have a lot of answer choices where it's like true not true a and b are related Mm -hmm. a and b are not related and you're kind of like huh so it's a different type of logic that your brain has to get used to but um running through the math destroyer um and even those boot camp questions really helped me figure that out and i ended up doing well on that section on the test, you know, and, and same with the PAT, just like David was saying that practicing just at least, even if you can a little bit every day over time, uh, is really good. There's a resource, uh, it still should be free, but there's a DAT bootcamp, like, uh, generator PAT generator Mm, on the app store actually. And so I was doing research at the time. And when I was like waiting for the mice to do their thing, I would like just swipe through angles and, mm-hmm. and, and it would feel frustrating. Cause one day I'd be like, Oh, I'm getting angle ranking down. And then the next day, like, Oh no, I'm missing all of these. But, um, just with, just like with a lot of things, even in dental school, if you just do a little bit every day, you're going to be, you'll mm-hmm. be okay. Yeah. I felt the same way with, with the PAT as well. I was still an undergrad when I was taking the test or preparing for the test. Yeah. So I'd hop on the bus and just do perceptual ability stuff while on the bus. So you can make time, you know, but even- I will say, be sure not to the DAT is a real test of your time management, you know, mm-hmm. because it's easy to feel like, okay, I'm just going to hit PAT so hard for, you really have to be able to adjust your study plan. If it's not, mm-hmm. if things change or if you start to really dominate a certain subject, you really need to be able to, change how you're allocating your time in order to not waste that precious time. What did you feel like were your kind of your strong suits? On the no, definitely OCHEM just okay. because, you know, I think that if you were out of school, you know, like Matt, if you're out of school for a while, that stuff would seem like a foreign language. I feel like mm-hmm. because it's, 
And even now, if I went back, it's it's kind of its own language. But if you're able to take the DAT right after you take like OCHEM 2, for example, um, I think still that's, kind of fresh. Yeah, I think that's very beneficial because it's a lot of content and the DAT OCHEM is a lot easier than undergrad OCHEM, I felt. I, I you know, agree. And I ended up doing really well in that section. But um, that's that's my tip <laughs> for them. Yeah, definitely science. <clears throat> The science section was I was the most comfortable with, you know, being a biology major. Um, Gen Chem was the section I did the best on. I was actually able to get a third on that, so that was nice. pretty sweet. That's um, awesome. That's yeah. amazing. Um, let me think. Yeah, science. Just I, I'm just comfortable with science. It was it was it was the easiest for me, and I think that's probably pretty um, pretty representative of most of the people trying mm-hmm. to get into dental school. Um, yeah. So to bounce off of that about science um, for someone who's not a biology or chemistry major like <laughs> Matt here <laughs> pointing the finger at him over here on the set. Um, how would you encourage them to go about studying biology specifically? Because that's a lot of information. Yeah, that, was, that was literally the yeah. most daunting for me. <laughs> and for someone who wasn't a biology major, you don't technically take all of that in your classes, especially when it gets down to the specifics of taxonomy, studying oh, yeah. fungi and all that kind of jazz. How would you encourage someone who has little experience with biology to study for that? Because it's hard to get motivated for it. Mm-hmm. Flashcards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Flash, I will say flashcards, flashcards. will be <laughs> your best friend, whether they are on Quizlet or handwritten, those are very useful. <laughs> yeah, I recommend uh, in general Anki. It's pretty, um, fairly low uh, skill cap, not skill cap, fairly low learning curve uh, mm-hmm. for that software. RemNote's pretty great for um, for that. I know DAT Booster does have their own set of free Anki cards that you can use, um, and they're all tagged up um, according to the uh, subject that they're in. That's your win. So that's, yeah, yeah. that's, that'll be useful. Um, I would recommend making your own flashcards. Yeah. Um, and the reason why flashcards are so helpful is because they're hitting essentially the two points of learning that are most important, active recall and space repetition. So specifically with software like Anki, they're spacing out the cards via an algorithm to maximize long-term memory storage. And that's the kind of memory storage we want for the DAT. You have a, crap ton of information especially mm-hmm. on the biology mm-hmm. section that you just mm-hmm. have to know and you have what it's like 40 questions and they could test any of those subjects for however deep they want to test it and so you need to get a bunch of information into your head and be able to recall it like that on a specific day with the space repetition um algorithms that softwares like anki use it's training you to be able to do that it's building and, that muscle memory in your brain. Exactly. And with the time in between, if you forget it, you know, you you just start over and then you start building that memory back up again. Mm-hmm. And because they're flashcards and they're active recall, it's as if like you're taking a test. You don't have notes, you don't have hints. You mm-hmm. have to recall the information just from your head. And there's also a secret way to do really well on any of the sections is to really pay attention while you're in class, you know, mm-hmm. when you're having those classes. Yeah. Um, to not just cram, but like really it's a grind, you know, but if you really dominate in those classes, which a lot of dental students do, you know, and, and maybe you're not a biology major, but any science class that you do have really just strive to do your best in those. And then when it comes time to actually prepare, it'll be a lot easier. Mm-hmm. So, so like in other words, don't cram. Don't, <laughs> you don't, can't cram. Some people can. Some, yeah. I can't. 
it just, you know, everybody's yeah. different. Yeah, you but. hear the stories of, oh, I got 27 in two weeks. That's not going to be you. Yeah, okay, that's I not. Promise. It's, just, it's just not. That's it's not, not going to happen. Unless you're a super genius. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but nope. for the non-science student who's having trouble, I mean, the best thing you can do is just spend more time on mm-hmm. the on those yeah. sections. That's all you can do. And make sure you understand the fundamental concepts behind the material that's being presented to you or that you're being tested on. Because what you'll find, especially in biology, a lot of the things follow similar principles across different systems or across different uh, subjects. And when it comes to these practice tests, you know, on the DAT, there is a fair amount of just pure memorization. You just have to know mm-hmm. certain things. But you can actually, and this is more true for the chemistry section, so you can derive a lot of the answers if you just know the fundamental concepts yeah. behind what they're testing. So, like, mm-hmm. they'll give you a question, and you're like, off the top of your head, it's like, I don't really know the answer, but I know they're testing this concept. Mm-hmm. What important things about this concept have I seen on practice? practice tests and practice questions. And then you can start going through that kind of system of elimination. Mm -hmm. And that only comes from a fundamental understanding of what's being tested. Mm -hmm. And one more thing of encouragement is you really need to understand, okay, what are the scores that you need? You know, Mm -hmm. I, unless you're a super genius, you're not going to get a 30 on the DAT, you know, but you really need to have a goal and set a goal for yourself of like, okay, what schools am I going to be applying to? And what score do I need? You know, it, it, it's the amount of effort it would take to get from a 21 to a 27 is very significant, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I think it's important to understand what are your target schools and what, what's your goal? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great point. And that was actually a question I was just about to ask is, is relative to the score. So what would you say is a competitive score um, to make a competitive applicant? And at what it point, seems like it's always going up. It's changing. Exactly. <laughs> no, it is. And at what point would you tell someone that they they probably need to retake the DAT? Yeah, I think it's changed. It used to be, I mean, it, the standard always was 21 uh, that I would hear. A lot mm-hmm. of people would say, oh, 21 AA, that's pre- and that's a good score, you know, yeah, or, or and, 20. And AA meaning? Academic average. Okay. So that takes into account, I believe, everything except the PAT, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got your science, right, which is what you were talking about with uh, chemistries and bio. Yep. You have a total science score, too. That's uh, a composite of the three science sections. Okay. So, uh, sorry, you said academic average. Academic average. Yeah. So, um, we were talking about what a good DAT score is. Um, yeah. It, you know, it just depends. Obviously, the the trend is the more expensive private schools, they usually have lower um, averages. And then the cheaper slot, as well as like the Ivy League schools, they tend to have higher. So, I've seen, it, it seems to me that a place like, Columbia, for example, it's like a 24, 25 ish. Um, and then at different, maybe state schools, it might be like 22 ish. And then some private schools, maybe closer to 20 would be my guess. Mm-hmm. But and yeah. do you feel like you need to score a little higher being out of state as opposed to, oh, kind yeah. of average? well, I mean, like here at UNC, I don't know what the percentage, I think it's like 30% out of state or something, but you're competing for a really small number of spots that are for out of state people, you know, and they split that between boys and girls. And so it cuts it even more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that if you want to be competitive, basically across the board, except maybe like Harvard, I think like a, 23 to 24 range is a good, good spot to be. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, uh, general rule of thumb. Uh, I think so. Like the average about when we were taking the DAT for people who took it, the average score was like a 17, 17, 18. And it's a percentile score. So they try to aim for the average to be around 17 to 18. Yeah. The average for admissions was about a 1920. I think it's gone up to probably closer to 21 now, 2021 now. Yeah. So in general, below 20, uh, 19, 19 to 20 is it's doable. You know, below at below competitive, but like you can get in mm-hmm. anything lower than 19. I'd start reconsidering retake. Yeah, um, for sure. Absolutely. 1920. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to do assess of your application. You can get away with applying, uh, but if you don't get in retake for sure. Um, also any section below like 17, yeah. you should probably retake. some schools won't even mm-hmm. let you up apply if you have one score below 17 something yeah. like that yeah there was one school that i applied to or was thinking about applying to and their website said 17 or above on qr yeah and i was like oh i got that and then i called them and i was just double checking and they're like no it's got to be 18 or above Oof. and i was like yeah, i hate to see oh. it <laughs> well your website yeah. doesn't say that your website <laughs> is lying you lied to me. um <laughs> 21 plus, you're a competitive applicant. It's pretty yeah. solid. You don't have to retake. Um, and I would, if you're considering a retake, I would seriously consider what if you score lower at that point? It is very possible. <laughs> yeah. um, it's not a guarantee that you score better on the test because it's almost a crapshoot each day you take it. 23 plus, you're solid. You're good. Competitive applicant. 25 plus, you know, can you put a sentence together? You're probably going to get and, in. And people like, really need to understand this. It is not like the ACT or the SAT. You do not you really want to get this one and done, you know, and some people go yeah. to two, but the ACT you didn't do so well, you retake it, you know, and you can keep doing that and you're not penalized. But every time you take the DAT, the DAT, they, um, some schools will like make a composite score. So they'll take your first score, your second one, and then they'll average those out. Um, others will just look at the higher score, but you really want to, um, Give it a good shot. Yeah, as best as you can that first time, but don't get discouraged if you have to retake. Plenty of people Mm -hmm. have to do that, and Mm -hmm. you can totally go to dental school. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not game over at that point. Some people have to take it three times, you know? Yeah. I've got a friend of mine that took it four four or five times. Yeah. Much more resilient than I would have been. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a big show. dental school now. Yeah. See? 100%. You can retake up to three times, I think, and then after that, you have to get like special permission to retake it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But definitely, um, in general, it's better just to get a good score the first time. That's the yeah. best case scenario. And if you need to retake it again, you just have to do better than your previous. Uh, have to have at least one DAT. The most recent DAT that you took needs to be your highest score and needs to be a competitive one. And then you can spend the whole uh, improvement narrative on your application. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. that's the that's that the goal. Me a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And so basically, yeah. if you have a twenty-one or above, just apply. Then just apply. Just apply. You're fine. Mm-hmm. You check the box. If you really if if you didn't get in and you, and you really think it's your DAT, then go for it but usually with a 21 plus and not getting in there's probably something else going on in your application mm-hmm. um i will say i want to say one thing uh before we pivot to the next subject just a little bit of disagreement with what you said previously i think it's important to know the scores that you want that you need for the schools that you're interested in and i think setting reasonable standards in that way is good however the mindset I would recommend for the DAT is why you're studying is you're shooting for 30s. You're shooting for straight 30s across the board. And, and the reason I, I, I would recommend this mindset is just because of how important the DAT is and how much you can be limited by your mindset. 
So, sure. so if you're, if you're shooting, like, you know, so you're going, you want to get into this one specific, maybe a school that needs a lower DAT, you're like, I just need a 21. That's it. And you're limiting yourself and you're capping yourself mentally while you're studying at that 21. And what's going to happen is maybe you get that 21, maybe you get that 22 and you let off the gas a little bit. But here's the thing. For DAT studying, there is just that window of opportunity to get the best score as possible. Mm -hmm. And no score that you get on any practice test actually matters at the end of the day. You know, you can get straight 13s on everything and you score 30 on the real DAT. Guess what? You got a 30 on the DAT. You're getting Mm -hmm. into dental school. You score high (laughs) 20s on everything and then you get an 18 on the real DAT. Well, guess what? You got an 18 on the real DAT. So in that window of opportunity that you have to improve yourself, there's no reason not to just shoot for a 30. Like there's no reason for it because, because this test is so important and you want the highest score possible. Just go for perfection. And then when you get your score, be happy with where you landed, especially if it's within that range that you need for whatever your personal goals are, but don't limit yourself in the, in the, in the window of opportunity that you have to do as well as you possibly can. Did um, either of you, uh, when you were talking with the schools, did any of the schools say, hey, send us your like raw scores? Did you ever have any of the schools say, send us what you got day of before it was like polished up and then sent back? Not for me. I don't know. But what I didn't have that either. Okay. I had that from a couple schools where they were like, hey, you took the DAT on this day. Send us that raw printout score. <laughs> Um, Interesting, And I think the only reason I got that was because I was in like super tight communication with them. And I was like, Hey, I'm taking the DAT this day. I anticipate, you know, scores being out on, you know, two or three weeks later. And, uh, and they were like, Oh, well go ahead and send us your, your raw score. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. And I but think I that was mainly for like people that. who took it a little bit later. Cause I, when yeah. I retook it, I took it, ended up taking it a little bit later and then they wanted, like they, they're wondering kind of what the holdup was with my application. The, the earlier you that. can take the early, then this is why it's so key and why I, I was so happy that I got it out of the way. So early is because, and this is how it was explained to me in our pre-dental club or class and stuff, the dental school is rolling admissions. Mm-hmm. So how it was explained to me by multiple people is that um, the application season opens. And from that day, they wait like a week or two and they gather a whole bunch of applications. And then after a set time, they send out a batch of applicants to all the different dental schools. Um, and then those dental schools immediately start making interviews and they start filling spots. And so the longer you wait, those spots start to disappear dwindle, yeah. Yeah, and it gets harder and harder to get a spot because there are fewer mm-hmm. available, you know? So, um, getting a, getting the score you want, um, just like David said, yeah, shoot for excellence. Um, and then making sure that you <laughs> follow that up with applying as early as you possible. humanly possibly mm-hmm. can. Um, that's, that's positioning you for, a it's positioning look. you at the front of the line, you yeah. know? Yeah. Especially cause like, I know in my case, when I retook the DAT, my application wasn't finalized until later. And it was, at least in the case of UNC, already two interview dates have gone by. So those, <laughs> yeah. that was two opportunities for them to review my application and offer me an interview that I had missed. So it was all or nothing that I was going to get one of those last two interview spots. So I, I definitely agree with you, Jackson, that the sooner you take it, the sooner you apply, the better your chances are of getting in just by sheer numbers purposes. 100%. I took my DAT the spring before I applied. So I like to get April and then applications open up in June. Okay. Um, 
it was just appropriate timing for me for where I was yeah. um, at the time. Because, uh, well, I personally, I took three gap years in between. So I was working um, and that just happened to work out for studying timing for both the application and when I had the time to study. Um, that, that actually is exactly what I was going to ask you guys. Like, what would be kind of your if you know how you plan backwards, right? Like soft or a hard open is generally like June something soft open is may something how far out are you giving yourself before you take the dat if you're if you're going to take it during you know that application year right i mean i think david took it at a great time you know you want to ideally take it probably like third at least 30 days before the yeah. probably even the soft open if you're able to but at least the hard open just okay. because it takes time to get your scores back mm-hmm. um and you want to be able to potentially apply day one or day two mm-hmm. that the application opens yeah. if possible. And I was kind of in a, in a spot where I, cause I hadn't finished OCHEM two yet. Yeah. And I was, uh, <laughs> cause my post back went all the way up to May. And so I just essentially hired a tutor, crammed the DAT for a month and a half, took the DAT wow. and it was, it was not fun. Um, do not recommend it for anybody. Uh, but I tried to, I tried to start studying in October before that application cycle opened. And I, as I was taking my, my, um, prerequisites, I was like, if I want to do well in my prerequisites, I can't focus on the DAT right now. And so that's why I kind of deferred it. Um, and so it kind of put me at a little bit of a disadvantage, but, um, you know, wasn't scoring absolutely well on the DAT, but at the same We're time, it was, it was enough. Yeah, you are here right now. <laughs> one thing I learned about biology, it's just good enough. Yeah. Good enough. <laughs> but look now, you're at the number two dental school in the world. That's right. Look at you. are too shabby. Um, <laughs> they must have low standards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, they're like, who is this old man? <laughs> I think for, for DAT timing, it's a pretty personal thing. Yeah. Down to your personal mm-hmm. situation. I mean, ideally, I, I like the timing that I did. You know, I had a couple months yeah, before I do the too. application like that's- it let my scores be official and validated yeah. by the time I submitted my application mm-hmm. and it gave me enough time that if I needed to retake I would be yeah. able to retake it within that application uh, that cycle. is a key thing um, <laughs> yeah. so you do you know once you sit down to study, you know, you, in your head, you don't want the idea of a retake being there. You want your total focus on getting the first score the first time. But in that planning phase, it isn't a bad idea to hedge against the possibility because it is always a possibility yeah. um, that you will need to do a retake. Now, and I know we've kind of shotgunned a lot of the resources, but if we could name those resources real quick for people. We talked about Anki, mm-hmm. right, for flashcards. We talked or about... Quizlet. Quizlet, yeah. What was the other one that you mentioned for flashcards? Uh, Remnote. That's Remnote. what I'm personally using in dental school. Okay. Remnote. And then what uh, What would you recommend for the PAT? Uh, I would recommend comprehensively DAT Booster. Okay. Um, personally, I would recommend that just because it, it, it's a comprehensive place to go for. It, it, you can act use it as kind of like the main hub to go for all of your studying and then you can find peripheral resources from there, but they'll have everything that you need. Gotcha. Like um, Orgo man yep. stuff. If you need extra, I, I looked at that when I was uh, studying, but I, I just, I got DAT boot camp. I hired a tutor and I just slammed through that yeah. and um, mm-hmm. unfortunately didn't have the time to, I feel like I probably would have done better on bio 
had I maybe looked more into the Orgoman resources. And you talked a little bit about that. Was Orgoman kind of a good? Um, I met uh, Dr. Roman, Romano. He does the, the DAT destroyer stuff. DAT destroyer stuff. Yeah, that's so a good, good, that's yeah. a good resource. And, too. and what I would recommend with that is just by with that in particular, you can get a two or three year old version just off eBay um, and just get it used. It doesn't, that, mm. that stuff doesn't change as much, but I do like, uh, DAT bootcamp in that they keep things really up to date with changes in the PAT. Like the, they were starting to add the rock keyhole things. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and I'm sure that it's changed even a little bit, um, since I took the DAT, but I like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I thought that using the destroyer stuff really helped me kind of set me over the edge in, in regards to like bio gen chem and organic chemistry. Cause I ended up doing that in supplement to DAT bootcamp. And that was when I noticed the biggest difference in my practice test scores going yeah. up and also my DAT score in, in general went up because I felt like I used those resources because I didn't get a lot of questions, right. But just reviewing the information helped a lot in that sense too. If you could change one thing about the DAT to make it a better assessment for your performance in dental school, what would it be and why? I wouldn't change anything. I, I would remove taxonomy. But that's me. <laughs> I would remove that. I'm just like, what the heck? But go ahead. Yeah. No, I think I think it serves its purpose appropriately yeah. enough. Um, you know. So the DAT and the GPA uh, take up about 50% of your application. It's like about each, each one's about 25% in terms mm-hmm. of like the weight of what they play in your total application for your probability of getting in. And each one serves the purpose of, of quantifying your academic ability. The GPA uh, measures your ability to perform academically over a long period of time, four years in college or however long you have an academic record for. Um, the DAT tests your ability to take a bunch of information and regurgitate it in one day. Now the information like taxonomy may not be necessarily appropriate, but part of our jobs as dentists is we're going to need to recall information on a dime in real time. Mm -hmm. And in a way the DAT is kind of a proxy for that. You know, can you learn a bunch of information and can you regurgitate it accurately within a certain time limit and at a specific period of time. And I think it does that well. I think, I think that's an important metric for professional school in general and, you know, for D, for dental school more specifically. I think the PAT, you know, being in our second year of dental school, doing operative and like pros classes and the ortho class that we're in, you know, mm-hmm. perceptual aptitude, very important to have. Yeah. You know, can you read? Can you, can you reason mathematically at a certain level? And can you, can you understand the intro science stuff at, at a college level. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are all things, even though the particulars may not be necessary, the skills in general are. And so I think, I think it's an appropriate and um, necessary measuring stick as to gatekeep the profession. Yeah. I would say, I would say the same, you know, I mean, if I could change anything, I'd probably make it cost less because I don't think it needs to cost that much. <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> I'll give you that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, my experience with dental school at least is that it's, there is a lot of information that is just thrown at you from all different angles, whether it's pharmacology or, you know, growth and development stuff and just a ton of 
stuff that's all over the board. And that's what the DAT is. You know, you're like, oh, we've got biology, chemistry, all this different stuff. And you have to be able to, in all of those areas, just be able to regurgitate at a proficient level what those things are. And the same thing happens in dental school, you know, but more so in dental school, things are a lot more consequential. You know, it's stuff that Mm -hmm. you actually will be needing to use. And so I think that um, as well as having that challenge of like, hey, you need to really rise up and like set your goal and really like stay dedicated to this and do well. And I think that that shows that you're dedicated to dentistry and that you will be able to stick through some of the hard times in dental school. Mm -hmm. And I think David, like you, you guys both kind of touched on this. It's going to be applicable later in life, right? Like this isn't the last time you're going to be taking a very important test, right? Like we have to take boards as dental students. That's a big test you got to study for. And it's one that's going to, you know, kind of be the gatekeeper for if you're going to have a license to practice or not. And then also as a provider, like you said, I have to be able to recall on a dime um, when it comes to diagnosing something, if it comes to treating um, an emergent issue, I have to be able to recall that information. Um, and so it doesn't just apply the the effort and the skills that you're learning while preparing for the DAT are applicable throughout your life, even as a provider, right? Um, Absolutely. So what would you... What piece of advice would you give one of our listeners right now who's really struggling? Maybe they may be in the midst of preparing for dental school, um, specifically the DAT, or hear this and are afraid of what's to come. What's the best piece of advice you could give to our listeners right now? I would say to um, take things one step at a time. You know, I remember when I was first starting to prepare for the DAT, I was like, whoa, I got super overwhelmed, you know, just cause it's like, there's so much. I felt that same feeling when dental school started and I like made a list of all the tests and stuff that we we're going to have that semester. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a lot of stuff that we have to do. And it feels so overwhelming, you know, but I think the best thing that you can do is just start taking steps in the right direction, start on that path. Um, and that's often the hardest part is just to get started, (laughs) you know, and, and once you've made up your mind to get started and from there, just do the very best you can and set your goals for excellence, you know? Yeah, no, I definitely echo that for sure. Small steps, digestible steps is probably the only way you can do it. Um, but for me, I would just say like, you can do it. Like, it's possible. Like if you're at the point where you're like, okay, I can, my, my grades are pretty solid. I got my other stuff. Like I'm ready to take the DAT. I'm, I want to go to dental school. If you've gotten to that point, you know, you, you have the ability to do well on the DAT. And the cool thing about the DAT now is that it's become so gamified. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at these uh, like DAT booster, DAT bootcamp, all the information's there. Everything you need, the strategies, the study guides, the flashcards, the community, uh, this podcast, you know, yeah. you know, it's, it's all there. All the information is out there. And I contrast that with uh, when my parents uh, took the DAT about 30 years ago, you know, my dad used an old MCAT book and they just like started <laughs> reading textbooks. Like, like there was no guidance. There was just like, you're going to answer some science questions. You're going to, you know, look at some shapes and you're going to read a passage and like, good luck. <laughs> you know? My dad said he didn't even like really study. He didn't even know what to yeah, study. He like exactly. looked at his old class notes, you know, and it's so much different. Exactly. So, Today, the only thing it comes down to is is 
you, your desire to do well and your desire to become a dentist. And if you have those in check and you're resourceful and you put in the effort because there's no, there's no shortcut around that, mm-hmm. you're going to, you're going to do it. It's going to be okay. And I, yep. I mean, we talk about it in another episode, but having your why, mm-hmm. why am I doing this? Because I know for me, there were several days where I, you know, take a break from taking a four hour test go sit in the bathroom and just cry and be like, why the hell (laughs) did I leave a job, have a, you know, a kid at home and, and bills coming in and no money. And why am I taking this test? Mm -hmm. And, and so having that, why really helped me be like, okay, this is why I'm doing this. And it, it kind of helped me push through along with having your sport network and taking breaks, um, going for a walk, just trying to, you know, go exercise some, um, just to cro- kind of close that uh, that anxiety loop, because it is, like you said, it's it's pretty stressful having to. And I'd say it's it's really important not to compare yourself to others mm-hmm. <laughs> with a lot of things in life. You're going to see people that do much better than you, um, but usually people that do much worse than you, they're not going to say that, you know, yeah, exactly. because, um, that's the culture we live. You know, we put all the positive stuff on social media and we mm-hmm. kind of tend to hide the bad stuff, but, um, it's very much a battle against yourself. You know, it, it's a test of how resilient are you? How dedicated are you? And then it's a competition to do your personal best, you know? And once you've done that, you're, you're good to go. Get off SDN, guys. I know you're on there. <laughs> SDN is a depressing place. Listen, reading some of the forms before listening to this episode. <laughs> yeah. Get off. It's not good for you. <laughs> I agree with that. It's so, e- it's so easy to get on there and like, I've volunteered for 200,000 hours. I have 8,000 community service hours. I got a 32 on the DAT and I have 10 letters of recommendations. What else can I do to get into What school, school? Do you guys think I'm going to get in? With a 31 on the... Yeah. I have a letter of recommendation from the President of the United States. <laughs> President Biden sent me one and <laughs> president, the ADA president. Yeah. What, um, if, if someone wanted to reach out to you yeah, and, uh, cause like David, we're going to have some of your stuff. We've got mm-hmm. your guide on the website. If, yeah. uh, if folks go there, they can, they can have, there's a pop-up. You put your email in, we email you a copy of, of your DAT guide. Mm-hmm. And, um, Jackson, you used to work uh, for DAT bootcamp. Um, yeah. and so if folks had a question or they wanted to reach out to you, what's kind of the best way to get in touch with you? Um, for me, yeah, I mean, you can either reach out to Matt and Landon and then I can, I'm more than willing to talk with you, but I'm also on <laughs> Instagram. I don't use it that much, but it's brushing and flossing. So like mm-hmm. brushing and flossing, but just without the G's. Yeah, uh, you can hit me up on Twitter uh, at Sanchez David, S A N C H E Z D A V I E D. No and space. We'll have links to those in the description. Yeah. Um, but we really appreciate having you guys on. It's mm. been fun. Mm. It's been a great time. You have been listening to The Smart Dental Student. The views, information, and opinions expressed during this recording are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent the organizations that the individuals are affiliated with. If you enjoyed the content of this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at Smart Dental Student or visit our website for more information at smartdentalstudent.com.